The Deep Dive with Nick Baby. Welcome to the Deep Dive Podcast with Nick Babel. I'm your host, Nick Babel. My guest today is former Opie Radio podcast producer, host of the Mike Sappho Podcast, and New York City police officer, Mike Sappho. Today we are going to talk about our picks for the NBA playoffs, um, and then we'll take a deep dive into Mike's life as a world traveler. Uh, Mike, thanks for doing this again. Uh, how you doing? First of all, thanks for having me on. I had a blast the first time, so I appreciate you having me on. You can get anyone you want, you have me on, so I appreciate that, brother. <laughs> it's still my most listened to episode. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Hopefully yeah. I come through on this one. Um, yeah, so this is my 10th episode, um, and you're my first repeat customer, So, but I think we definitely got some interesting stuff to talk about, so... Um, roll, baby. All right. So let's start with the Eastern Conference. And um, I'll just go through the games and we'll talk about them a little bit. Uh, we have the number one seed, Philadelphia 76ers, versus the number eight seed, Washington Wizards. Uh, who do you like in that matchup? I don't think it's going to be close. Even though I think the Sixers aren't the greatest one seed, there's zero hype around them. Um, Everything up here is either Milwaukee or obviously Brooklyn to come out of the East. But I think the six is going to walk all over them. Russ will be fun. Uh, Westbrook will be fun for Washington. Beal will be fun. But, you know, Embiid, Simmons, Harris, they're just they're, – they're too powerful. I think it's going to be a, a, a walk in the park. Philly has something to prove. So Philly in five. See, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be – it's actually the only series that I got going – well, actually, no, there's another one, but – it's one of the only series that I picked in four. I got Philly in four. I think, um, like you said, Russell will be fun, but Beal's, you know, he's playing hurt. Um, and I watched both of the Wizards, uh, you know, playing games there. And uh, they're a team that kind of lives and dies by if a bench guy gets hot. <laughs> you know um and i i don't think philly's the easiest team to have a bench guy get hot against no the F- philly goes deep and listen to big and beat you know what i think they're kind of motivated you know because you, you got idiots like you and i are saying like yeah they're not going to come out of the east i think Embiid's actually motivated and you know if he if he stays healthy they'll be scary but I, yeah i think the only reason i picked five is i think russell go off one game for his 45 Right, 17 and 13. I didn't have one of his West or Russ Westbrook games. I, I wouldn't be shocked if that happened, but um, I actually I am not one of those idiots. I got Philly coming out of the east. Oh, wow, okay, and I got some money on that too. Well, I actually hope you're right, by the way. We'll get to that later. But I hope you're right with that. <laughs> so, the next game, and this is I'm sure the game that both the, the matchup both of us are going to be watching, the number four seed. New York Knickerbockers versus the number five seed Atlanta Hawks. Uh, I'll give you my pick first on this one. Okay. I got the Knicks in six games. I think, you know, the Knicks have a great coach. They've outperformed. You know, Vegas had them winning. Wasn't there over under in Vegas like 24 games or something like that? 21 and a half, actually. 21 yeah. and a half. Even so, I just think with that coach, with that, they're, they're, nobody's really banged up. Um, Randall is as hot as ever. And, uh, you know, there's something to having Derek Rose with his experience, too. And yeah. You know, Atlanta overperformed too, but they're still a really young team. So, yeah, I I just I can see Trey Young going off a couple games, um, and maybe you know one of those other uh, Hunter or the the other guy they got there having a couple games where they play well. But Nixon six, what do you got? Uh, Nixon seven, just because there's a Knicks, they won't make anything easy. 
but you hit every you hit everything on literally everything i was going to say derrick rose you listen trey young young kid he's never came to new york for a playoff game this isn't the 90s knicks where this garden's going to be shaking and it's going to be rough and rowdy it's a different environment there trey young will have his games but i'm looking for a game where he's three for 19 shooting or something he, he won't be able to keep it up for seven games derrick rose is the key he is veteran he's gonna keep everyone calm he's gonna be the guy he's gonna be the reason the knicks win the series i wanted to say knicks and six but i'm like it's the knicks they'll blow a game like miss four free throws in the final (laughs) 12 seconds but you're right tibbs is gonna be the difference it's what a difference the coach makes oh yeah Um, i'm gonna bring uh, obscure but kenny Payne. he's a kentucky guy he came up there as assistant he's working with nerlands and julius i just think the knicks are better coach i think knicks are just actually a better team so knicks and seven just because the knicks they'll give us hot uh hot break I, you know, I almost picked Nixon seven because that's what I've the consensus kind of has been. But okay, I, I just I think Atlanta, you know, and Atlanta is a team I I can honestly say I've watched more NBA this year than I ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, getting into it more, and Atlanta is one of those teams I haven't seen a ton, but in the playoffs, the teams that have the ball hawk guy that shoots out of his mind they're the teams that flame out because the the basket the threes just don't go in in the playoffs like they do in the regular season defense gets a little more crisper everything is uh magnified more listen i know the playing game was 140 to 113 you know you have that superstar shooter they're not letting them shoot 19 threes that are open yeah playoffs is, is a different beast than you know we're both yankee fans just to go that it's the same thing with baseball yeah. You know, the Yankees will hit six home runs against the Orioles, but when they're facing Scherzer in the playoffs, I'm just picking a random. It, it doesn't change. So, yeah, the play, I, I'm with you, and they're too streaky and too young. So, I, I'm pretty – I hate to say this, but I'm actually a little confident in the Knicks, actually. So, Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not a Knicks fan like you. I'm, um, I actually heard a good term for what I am. I'm a basketball agnostic. Ooh. Um, I kind of gravitate towards players. Mm-hmm. And I like watching the games. You know, I tried to get into Brooklyn. It's funny, before they made that Harden trade, mm-hmm. I was watching them, you know, almost every night they were on. And I really liked uh, LaVert, and I really liked uh, the center there. Um, mm-hmm. And then they fucking traded him. And Harden, I do not like. I've never liked him. Kyrie is the most unlikable player in the NBA. Ever, yeah, they, they they became an unlikable team when they they could have been like the darlings. Like, hey, look, this I know it's Brooklyn, which is a huge city, but they're like the bastard steps step uh, stepbrother to the Knicks. They're not the big. They could have really taken the city over, bringing Harden in, Kyrie just taking time off. It was a lot of stuff that makes them unlikable. I actually agree with you, and it's funny, real quick, how you considered yourself a fan like that. I want to be because I'd rather watch players. But I just need the Knicks to win one championship. And then I, I really – no, I mean this, Nick. I think if the Knicks win a title, eventually, I'll stop living and dying every game and follow more players and stuff. Like, I need to see them win. I need to be a fan when they win. That's kind of my thing. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. And uh, <laughs> I think a lot of younger people are becoming that kind of fan where they kind of follow players and stuff. And um, I don't think that's necessarily why I, I've been like that. It's just – I think I've always kind of been like that because I just never liked the Knicks growing up and the New Jersey Nets were always terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I like Michael Jordan. You know, I, w- I would watch Michael Jordan games. I'd watch the Bulls and, you know, but, you know, once Jordan left and everything, I didn't stay a Chicago Bulls fan, so... Real quick, I think you're right. I know we have to break down the games, but you're right with the fans. Because listen, you're a younger fan. You're watching Sports Center every game. They're going to focus on one player nonstop. So all of a sudden, you're like, "Wow, I'm following Zion all the way right. from high school. The one year at Duke. Now he went to the Pelicans. I'm not a Pelicans fan, so I want to watch Zion. I want his jersey. They're doing it. I I guess the right way. They're way more smarter than you and I because they're focusing on the players. So you you know players like my wife knows play. She knows who Giannis is. She knows this. She doesn't know what team he plays for. So they do a great job of marketing their players. And I think it's going to be more of that. Like, oh, wow, um, 
I remember a couple of years ago, Nick, when the Nets would play, if like Carl Anthony Towns, I would go to a Nets game to watch the player of the other team because it was so cheap right. to get to. So it's like a marketing move. Oh, I want to go watch Giannis. I want to go watch Carl Towns or whoever I'm going to say. Let's go to Brooklyn. It's cheaper there. They're, they're doing a great job with that. I think you're, you're on point with the fan you are. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And other sports could probably learn from them. I mean, football is harder because they're wearing helmets and stuff. Yeah, of course, of course. But, um, you know, baseball has always been such a team, you know, a team tradition thing. And so regionalized, yeah. Maybe that's something. I know they've tried to do that with Mike Trout and stuff, and it's been a big flame out because the team never wins. But now everybody's talking about Otani. You know, I know you're a big fan of his, so. Yeah, I don't want to go too off the subject, but it's fascinating. We're watching a pitcher who's striking out six, seven guys a game, which is a lot when they throw four or five innings. He's hitting home. He's leading the league in home runs. It's it's different seeing a pitcher hit. And you know the truth, it, it sounds silly, but like when Matsui came, when Ichiro came, anything different. So it's a Japanese right. superstar. So remember when Nomo came, it's just something different. And you're right, but when it comes down to baseball, they got to win. Because even Trout, like, they're like, I, I hate to get off subject, but even with Trout, they're like, oh, he's the best, but they don't win. So I wish they would do more. But listen, Otani's on. I have, you know, every night the Yankee game's on or the Mets game or whoever game. And there's always Otani's on my iPad. Whenever he's yeah. – the Angel game's always on my iPad. So they're doing something right for me to watch every Angels game. So Yeah, definitely. All right, so getting back on track. I took us off of track a little bit. but I'm sorry about that. No, it was, it was mostly me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the next game is the number three Milwaukee Bucks versus the number six Miami Heat. Who do you like in that one? Bucks, big time. I want to say five, but I always hate picking five because I feel they'll take a game off. So Bucks and six, even though Miami, you know, Jimmy Butler and Bam and Hero, they went to the finals last year. I think Giannis really has something to prove. He had a pass the first, he wins two MVPs. And now all of a sudden they're criticizing him because he didn't lead his team to the title or they didn't go to the finals. I think Giannis is going to be sneaky dominating. And I think they're going to be, obviously it's going to be them and the Nets in the next round. But yeah, I think the Bucs are going to, they're coming out to prove something now, the Bucs. You're going to be surprised, but this is my upset of the East. Ooh, okay. I think Miami takes it in seven. Wow. I think, I think Giannis lacks heart. And I know okay. that's, I know that's rough to say. Did you see his interview yesterday? I did not. They're asking him, they kind of asked him that question. Like, what's going to be different this year? You know, you're playing Miami again. What? And he's like, stuff might not go different. You know, you never know. Like, oh, he's real, no, real casual. Like I did not like that. No, I don't like that at all. You know, he's got to be like. Uh, you know, I'm going to dominate, you know, you know, yeah. you don't want to give bulletin board material, but he could have said something better. He was real casual about it. I don't like that at all. You're right. I don't like that one bit. And I think Jimmy Butler is the most, he's the opposite of Giannis. He is all heart. I mean, he's talent too. He's but. that He's that rare mix of a super talent who wants to be better. Every article you read about him, it's the proverbial gym rat. He's there for 10 hours a day. He loves basketball. He wants to be the best. Yeah. yeah I, Butler's great. I'm telling you, you got me want to switch my pick. Now, I'll never pick against Giannis, but I don't like that answer. Giannis, don't come out and guarantee a sweep. Why are we different? Because it's a different team. It's a different year. We're more focused. The bubble got us messed up. Yeah, Giannis needs to come out and be the face of that franchise and, you know, talk a big game, man. You're right with that. Yeah, that's what I was hoping to hear when I heard that. I'm like... I mean, I know Milwaukee's been the the paper champs the last couple of years where they win all these games. And, you know, Miami's got a good coach, too. You know, Spolster's. They've been there before. They did it last year. And I don't know. I mean, Heroes Hero started off pretty bad, and he's he's gotten hot. And Butler put him on their back all year. I haven't heard about any injuries, which usually Butler breaks down, but there was less games this year. Um, and I think he was out a little bit early in the year. So he's – I think they're a fresh team, and I, I think they could really take the Bucks to seven games. 
And if they take him to seven games, who do you trust more, Giannis or Butler? Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Sorry, sorry. I just said, yeah, I said, game seven is cliche, but anyone, anything can happen. I just think Giannis is too good. He's too good. He's He can't – he has to put them on his back. And maybe his interview wasn't good, but I'm confident in the Bucks in that series. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. I kind of just put it as, like, my my upset special for that one. I'm not betting. Yeah, you need one. <laughs> uh, so, the last matchup in the East, the number two Nets versus the number seven Boston Celtics. Um. I'll take the pick on this one first. I think Brooklyn takes it in five. I, I agree 100%. I think this is going to be the most boring series of all of them. Uh, even I think it's going to be worse than the 76ers-Washington one. Tatum will have his game. Jalen Brown, they'll do that thing one time. But I think it's just going to be – it's going to be the next the Nets coming out show. They know it's going to be an easy series. They'll, they're going to try to dominate to prove that they can play well. Remember, they didn't play a lot that well together. They didn't play that much together. Yeah, I think the Nets in five. I don't think that's going to be a competitive series at all. Yeah, I, I think so. I think I think the Nets will want to shut everybody up and just be dominant. Like, and this is a perfect series for them because, yeah, Boston's a big name, but you know, to use the the term, they're, they're soft as baby shit. Boston, is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only guy on that team that plays tough is that Marcus Smart, and he's hurt. I mean. He gets hurt like every game. The Tatum and Brown are, you know, they're just I mean, they're they're amazing athletes, especially Tatum. But I think the I don't know, I just think the Nets are gonna be too physical for him. I think who's gonna stop Durant in that series? You know, I, I just think the Nets have too many weapons. And also, I think it's going to be one of those games where – one of those series where – because, listen, when it gets down to the Eastern Conference Finals or the Finals, if they're there, that's when it's like who's taking the last shot. They're all going to play nice the first round. I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll have 14 assists. I'll have the – yeah, so if, the Nets are going to dominate that one. It's There's going to be no uh, ego thing with that one. So I agree with you. Nets in five. All right. Going on to the West. <clears throat> uh, first game, Utah Jazz – Versus either the number, it's actually either Golden State or Memphis because uh, um, I think that game's tonight, right? We see who gets in. Yeah, it, it's tonight, and this is going to be crazy. And I'm going to do a little. Obviously, it's not really a spoiler, but I think the one and two seeds are going to go down if it's the Warriors. Oh, I just wow. don't. Yeah, you, just because I don't think Donovan Mitchell, he's not a hundred percent. That team just doesn't impress me, and maybe, and maybe it's kind of the Hawks dilemma where. I just didn't watch them that much. I've watched a lot of basketball this year. I don't think I watched a full jazz game, maybe just because I don't find them really fun to watch. I just, and, and that's most likely what it is. So I'm going to sound ignorant when I'm like, I'm picking against them because I didn't watch them. It sounds silly, but I, <laughs> they, they just don't have that. Oh, who, who's going to dominate? Donovan Mitchell's awesome. He's still a little hurt. I think if it's the Warriors, I think Steph's going to put him on his shoulders for a series. I do. So, and it's not a crazy upset. It's Steph Curry, man. Come on. So yeah, I, I just don't love Utah. I just they don't, they don't just don't impress me. Fifty <laughs> wins or fifty-two wins, but I'm I'm gonna be that's my ignorant pick, and I, I just I actually don't want them to win because I, I think it's gonna be boring. So I'll pick Utah if it's Memphis, and if it's um sorry if it's Golden State, I'll pick the Warriors. I um I agree that Utah is not the funnest watch. Um, they got <laughs> probably the second most dislikable player on their team, Gobert. Yeah, of course, and um. Yeah, the you know Mitchell's amazing. I you know they played well enough to get the one seed, so that's something. Um, I picked Utah in five over Golden State and in four over Memphis. I think if it's Memphis, they'll sweep them. I think Curry can definitely take a game, but I get what you mean, like. But I have watched a lot of Golden State this year because you know Curry's really fun. And um, it's kind of one of those things. Are they going to let him go off in a playoff game? And after him, Draymond can't hit an open basket. (laughs) And, you know, it's just a lot of sixth, seventh, eighth men starting. 
I agree with you. I, I just the way Steph played against the Lakers, and I know it was one game, and he went all in. Can he do that six, seven games? Probably not. I just, I want, I just want the Jazz out. I just think they're boring. I agree. I mean, that would be the nut. That's more of a, a heart pick than a. Without a doubt, yeah, a heart <laughs> pick. Just because I'm, I'm bored with them. <laughs> all right. So the the next game is the uh, number four Los Angeles Clippers versus the number five Dallas Mavericks. Um. I got kind of an upset in this. I think Dallas takes it in seven. Well, why is that? I'm curious why you, why you think that. I think um, – oh, now I'm going to have a brain fart. Who's, who's Dallas's number one guy there? L- Luca, Luca, Luca. yeah. I think Luca has that killer mentality. I think he did not like losing to the uh, Clippers last year. Um, they're pretty well coached team. I think Paul George is a bitch, you know, <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a tough series, but I think, uh, I think Luca can, you know, will them to, uh, to an upset there. I'll tell you the, I, I think the Clippers in six, but I'll tell you the thing that scares me the most. The Clippers went out purposely and lost the last few games to avoid the Lakers. And I just think that shows like shows kind of like weakness. Like, can you imagine like your old Bulls teams or the old Knicks teams? Like, oh, we're trying to avoid it. You're trying to avoid a team that just showed really weakness and showed how scared they were. I think Kawhi, Paul George, they'll be fine against Dallas because it's just really Luka and Hardaway Jr. I I don't know. I think the um, Clippers are going to win. It scares me how weak they were by avoiding the Lakers. Now, of course, you want to avoid the Lakers. Just don't make it so obvious. Right. So, yeah, and they're very vulnerable in the first first round. And that's another problem, though. Dallas knows that they did that. Mm-hmm. So that's both. It's like, oh, you, you want to play us? Yeah, please. Yeah. You know, Lucas in there going, oh, they want, you know, they think they can beat us. And I don't know. I just, the Clippers are, you know, if, uh, the Nets are the most unlikable team. I think the Clippers are the second most unlikable team. And I mean, I even kind of like the Nets just because I like some some of the players. But um, I just think, you know, it's one of those games too where I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, um, uh, Leonard just goes off and they beat him in five. You know, or if Luca if Luca gets hurt, it's game over. Oh, of course, of course. But, you know, Luca's like a walking triple-double. Let me ask you, why don't you like the Clippers? Because I don't like them either, and I don't know why I don't like them. I don't like Paul George. I mean, okay. I, did, I did call him a bitch, but um, <laughs> I think he's a, he's the worst type of NBA player now. Okay. I like, I like the player empowerment, and I like, you know, saying fuck management and, you know, controlling your career. But he takes it to just the ridiculous level, and for some reason, teams have convinced themselves that he that he's better than he is. Okay, and he's you know he's getting out of contracts three years before it's up, and I don't know. He's just, and I don't think he's very good. And he's one of those guys, you know, he can have moments, but then he gets hurt. I, I don't know. No, I, I agree because there's something about the Clippers that I don't like either. I'm like, I wonder why I don't like them. You might be right. I think Paul George is, he, you know what? He's faking it till he makes it. I agree with you. He's good. He's not, he's not elite. And they, they, they act like he's elite. Like I was listening to Bill Simmons and Dan Patrick and they're like, if Paul George is Paul George, they're going to go all the way. It's like, I don't, I don't think he's that good. Yeah. But when is Paul George, Paul George, when he loses in the playoffs every year? Yeah. <laughs> every every I mean, year. Yep. He, and there's something about Kawhi. Uh, I, I always mess up his first name. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. He um, I don't dislike him. His game is he's real sharp. Um, but he's a weird dude too. So it just kind of makes them uh, I don't know. No, no, you, Nick, you're right because the Kawhi Leonard. I get you don't like the media. You play the whole Marshawn Lynch. I don't really talk to anybody, but. 
even when he's like, huh, like he'll give like a one word answer. It, it comes off just like, dude, grow up. Like, I, I, I agree with you on that. Okay, maybe that's why we hate the, the Clippers. All right. <laughs> so I guess that's kind of my heart pick is Dallas. You know, would I be shocked if the Clippers just kind of walked through them? No. But I just hope Dallas knocks them out. And then Paul George will quit on the Clippers after <laughs> the season. And, you know. That's funny. <laughs> so the next series is the number three Nuggets versus the number six Trailblazers. Who do you like in that one? I think this is going to be the funnest series. I'm upset for Denver that Jamal Murray, Kentucky guy, I'm upset that he's hurt because uh, I really think if he was playing straight up, Denver really had a chance to go to the finals. The Joker's fun. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is fun. I think Denver in seven. But listen, Dame Limmer, Dame uh, Limmer, uh, Lillard, uh, CJ McCollum, Mello. That, that's a that's gonna be the funnest series. I think it's gonna go seven. I think Denver in seven. That's gonna be fun though. I like that series too, and yeah, it does suck that Murray's hurt. They've been winning without him though. Oh, they sure have. I know um, they sure have. But you know, I got a little bit of an upset in this one too. I just think Portland's been there too much and I think between Dame and you know the big three you just said there um, barring any injuries I just think Dame and McCollum and even even our boy Mello is going to put them on you know put them on their back and just take it to the Nuggets like I said it's going to go seven that wouldn't shock shock me I actually like that pick I think that that's going to be a fun – that's going to be the series that we're up every night at 1130 watching Joker <laughs> do. He's like – he'll have his 13 assists, his boring bounce passes, but that's going to be fun. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's, you know, it's one of the ones you're hearing like, you know, you wouldn't be surprised if you hear the sports center thing of Dame Willard hit a, a playoff high 64 yeah, right. <laughs> points today or something, you know. He hit uh, 15 threes or, you know, something like that. And, uh, Dude, you're, you're right, man, because he's so underrated. Yeah, you know, he's one of those players where I he plays with a chip on his shoulder. I love guys like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's always kind of played in Curry's shadow, especially, you know, since Golden State started winning. They were, I think they were in the same draft. And um, I just think – I think – the Trailblazers are, are they got to have the mindset that it's it's all or nothing this year. Yeah, this is it for them. Yeah, I, this is it for them, definitely. And I think they're going to play like that. But definitely a fun series. Last but not least, the number two Phoenix Suns versus the number seven L.A. Lakers. I'm picking the Lakers in five. And even though – you know, a casual would hear seven over two. It's not an upset. You know? Not at all. The Lakers are like, I think they're minus 300 for the series. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Five is fine. Maybe six if Devin Booker goes off. Um, I don't like him, but I feel bad for CP3. It's going to be another CP3 uh, exit early in the playoffs. But, yeah, this isn't a normal 2-7 matchup. Uh, Le- LeBron's focus. This, yeah, this is going to be a – it's going to be a quick one. It's like the other way around. It's like the Lakers should be the two seed. I feel bad for the right. Suns. They had a great season, but, yeah, they can't compete in this one. Yeah, they didn't pussy out like the Clippers and fudge their way out of the game. <laughs> so they're going to pay for it, though. They they just – they don't have enough – they don't have enough big in that series. Anthony Davis is going to do whatever he wants. LeBron's going to do whatever he wants. <clears throat> you know – Aiton's a good player, but he's not—he's not, he's not uh, play me thirty-eight minute guy. He's, you know, I don't know what his average is, but he's a foul trouble kind of guy, and you know, they're just gonna—the backup Phoenix's backup is uh, Frank Kaminsky. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right with this one too, and I'll tell you what else with this one. This is gonna be the Suns' growing games in two years because I think the Suns are on the verge of being a great franchise. People want to play with Booker. This is going to be the series where, like, remember when as a two seed, we won 50 games and we got lost in five five games? 
this is going to be the game to look at that's going to change around. It's going to give them experience. But, yeah, the Lakers are going to absolutely dominate this series. It's not going to be close. Yeah. All right, so I think that's good for that. We're not. I don't want to go and, and do the whole breakdown. Um, maybe we could do, like, a update pod before the, the – Yeah, I would love round. that, man. Yeah, and just, you know, kind of talk it out and – and see what we got. See how much stuff we got wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, I guess who's your? I mean, not spoiler alert. It's just our picks. Who who do you got taking it all? Uh, I I, I don't want it because I don't want to start dealing with the Jordan Lebron thing. But I I think the Lakers. I think this is it for Lebron. I think this is his last hurrah. And it sounds silly because he's still so dominating, but. We got Anthony Davis healthy. I, I don't think the West is that good. I think everyone thinks it's good, but, you know, with Jamal Murray getting hurt, like you said, the Clippers aren't that scary. Um, yeah. And, that and, and you know, the second round, just say they win the first round. I know we're not doing that. They play the Nuggets of Portland. Kind of an easy matchup. Then they're yeah. going to either play, most likely, I know you don't have maybe the Clippers or Dallas. That's just a cakewalk. If they go to the finals, then it's, a, you know, I think the Nets or the – Sixers will give him a great, great series. I just think it's LeBron's last hurrah. I think he wants to shut everyone up because, every, listen, everyone hates LeBron. It's like, he won this year because it's in the bubble. He did this. I think it's going to be like, you can't even say anything anymore. I did everything as a seven seed on the road. I beat maybe the big three in Brooklyn. I think this is his quote unquote, not like he needs it, but right. validation is like, dude, shut the F up. Leave me alone now. I think this is LeBron's final, uh, final championship. I could totally see that. And that would be the boring route, I think. I think. Yeah, that, that's what bothers me even saying it. I <laughs> but I, I definitely can see that. But I think people are sleeping on the Sixers. And I haven't even been a big Sixers fan. Uh, I think Embiid is finally focused. I think um, um, Simmons knows who he is now. I think they got enough – with Thibault and um, Vice you know, Harris. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, I think they're the deepest team. I think their bench is really good. I just, uh, I mean, the poor Knicks, you know. <laughs> I know. But you know what? They'll be happy. The Knicks will be happy if winning the first round. I really do. I truly right. believe that. I really I, do believe that. I do agree with that. I think, you know, it's all found money for them at this point, but exactly. Um, I just think the Sixers are going to be the team, and my bank account would be happy if uh, they come. Well, I, I actually hope you're right with that. I really do. I would love. I don't want to see the Nets. I don't want to see the Nets or Lakers. I would love to see any other team. I really mean that. Yeah, you know, the only way I'd like to see the Nets. I don't. Know, I. I do think the Nets would make a fun finals if all three of those guys are playing. Like. It would be like kind of an epic matchup. And it gives you, know. you someone to root against. I know you like them, but it gives you someone to root against. Like you, you want to root against a team that quote unquote bought a championship. So I, I see that there'll be a bad guy in that. So I actually kind of agree with that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be fun. It'd be like, uh, but who knows, you know, they can make it to the finals and then Kyrie could take a trip to Africa or yeah. something, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> drop out for the first couple games or something and whatever. Um, You're 100% right with that. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised with anything, but um, so now we're going to do the deep dive portion of the podcast. And, um, you know, I didn't say it in the intro, but Mike is a pretty experienced world traveler. Um, so I guess that, that gives me, you know, gets into my first question for you with that. Um, what got you into to, to traveling, like traveling abroad? You know what? I never traveled ever as a kid growing up. The first time I was ever on a plane was Cancun, Mexico in uh, when I was a senior in high school. And Nick, the truth, I was like this, you know, listen, let's be honest. We flew to a resort, the, I think the <laughs> Oasis in Cancun. I went with 10 guys from Staten Island when I grew up. It was the same 10 dudes there. We, so I'm like, it was just really, it was just all people from like Staten Island. I'm like, what? This is traveling is horrible um <laughs> when i became a cop it was 2004 i'm like oh i would love to go abroad i wanted to go to oktoberfest i didn't know how you had to book it so we went to amsterdam 
I didn't really enjoy it, Nick, because I didn't really know what to do. Like there was no, and I, let me Google itinerary. I went there, I walked around. I'm like this, I'm not a fan of this. That was it. And then around uh, 2011, I get transferred to where I work now. I was here for one week. And you know, I just got divorced. So I'm like, you know what? Let me, uh, let me do something. And I just met a dude here and he's like, I'm going to the Philippines next week for a bachelor party. He's Filipino. And I'm like, dude, can I come? I didn't even know the dude. He's like, yeah, I'm leaving tomorrow. I left two days later, Nick. I, I had a two day layover in Dubai, which I scheduled myself. And I, I'm like, I don't know how to travel, but you know, when you're there, it's like, you have no choice. So I'm like, Dubai's pretty cool. The Philippines pretty cool. Then I'm like, oh, I want to do this more. But Nick, you know this, it's hard to find people to travel with. I got very lucky right. and found two dudes I work with who were like, if you tell me where to go, I'll go. We did a little Iceland. We did a little Europe. You know, we did Amsterdam, Prague, a few of them. And then what really changed, it was around five years ago, I went to Thailand and it just like, oh my God, it opened up my eyes to a world like, you know, Europe is us, you know, Europe, you've seen the same things you see in New York. It's like, oh, a different town in New York. Oh, an old church. <laughs> Dude, I went to Thailand and it just blew me away. And I'm like, what else does this world have to see? And, and then that was it. Then I got hooked. Isn't the word. It was the food. It was the truth. It was the food. It was the girls. It was the price of stuff. It was, it was everything different. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. And then I'm like, I came home, Nick. And I'm like, what, what do I want to see? I want to see the pyramids. I want to see the Coliseum. And then I just started making a, a list. I'm like, I'm going all these places. I have to see everything in this world. And that's really, it was little things. And then, you know, I'm like OCD. And I'm like, how many countries are there? The UN recognizes 193. And what am I at? I was at like 31. I'm like, I'm getting every one. And that's really how it's kind of started. Well, that was going to be my next question. How many countries have you, you visited? Right now, I just got back uh, four days ago from Afghanistan and Uzbekistan. And I'm at right now 79. Oh, wow. How <laughs> yeah. was, uh, how was the Afghanistan? Wild. It was... Uh, so what happened, Nick? I, and I don't want to bore you. If I'm talking too much about travel, let me know. I, no, that's that's what we're deep diving into. I have this. I lo- listen. I love traveling. I love being on the plane. I love everything stupid about traveling that people hate. I love. Like I love airports. I get to the airport like five hours early and just walk around. And I'm like, oh, that person's going to Cairo, and then I I read about Cairo, and then I'm like, that person's going to Abu Dhabi, and I want to read about it. Well, that so um, I made a list obviously of every country in the world. And there hasn't been many people who visited every country in the world documenting, you know, people count airports and they do this. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll be that guy. And then all of a sudden I'm at 35, 40, I'm at 50. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm doing this. And I gave my wife every country in the world. I'm like, Hey, market one, two, three, one, you, you don't want to go there. Three, I can't go there without you. And two, if I go try to take me, so all the ones she put as, uh, as one, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, Oman. She's like, I don't want to go to these places. Right. And I'm like, I have to go there. And I started doing it. And Afghanistan was, it was wild. It was, you know, you read about it. And when you click in like wiki travel, it's like, do not travel. It's a war zone. So there was a few sketchy parts, but it is just, it's humbling to go there. You know, we're there, Nick. We have our stupid iPhones. And I remember I was on, I was in Turkey airport, Nick. And I went on the sneakers app to try to win the Kobe sneakers. And I'm like, oh, crap, I didn't win them. And then you go there and it's like, oh, my God, like poverty and it's a war zone. Right. And I'm like, what a, what a piece of crap I am. Like, it really humbles you. It's like, am I really going to bitch about not winning a pair of Kobe's? So it, I love the humbling factor. And then you meet people and it's like, these people are so like, Nick, let's be honest, Nick, the, the way that the, the news portrays a lot of these Middle Eastern countries, right? Mm-hmm. people were coming up to me. They knew I was American. I was wearing the traditional Afghan garb. And they're like, why is America leaving Afghanistan? What we need, like, they just want to talk to you. It's like, wow, these people are just so nice. And they come to my house for tea. No, listen, obviously there's bad parts of it, but it, right. it's, those places are special. But there was a few shady parts of my trip, but uh, I was there for two days and I didn't, I, I didn't feel safer staying too much longer. So I only scheduled it for two days, but it's uh, it was being in a different planet, put it that way. I've never experienced anything like it. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely one to check off because, you know, <laughs> most guys, if they're going to Afghanistan, they're in the military. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And my, my partner is, is a Marine. And he's like, you're going there? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, my visa came. He's like, and you're fucking excited? I'm like, I know, dude. He's like, like and he, you know, he was there in like 2002. He's like, bro, I still like to work. I'm like, I know. I'm going there on, on holiday. He was like, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, I had a buddy that 
was in Afghanistan, and I had one that was in Iraq too. Oh. Um, he actually kind of, in, for the most part, enjoyed his time in Iraq, um, in the army. But yeah. Um. So, do you have like a top three or top five favorite countries that you visited? You, you know. I love talking travel. It's, it really is one of my biggest passions. And people ask me that, and it's it's always different. So, like, Nick, me and you are two dudes. And if you're like Mike, what were, like, the three best places you've been? As dudes, as idiot guys, I'll be like, <laughs> oh, my God. It was in Thailand when I partied every night on the beach and met these super beautiful women, and we partied. So, which is the truth. And it was, it was there. I think the three countries I really – people always ask me the best countries. What's your favorite – Thailand always has a special place just because it opened my eyes up to traveling. So Thailand slash Japan, two Asian countries. Japan, I love orderly stuff. Nick, it was like 3.30 in the morning. We leave the bar. There's not a car in sight for a mile. And there were 13 people standing waiting for the walk signs across the street. Um, mm-hmm. My friend lost his cell phone on the, 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 the subway in Tokyo. I'm like, oh, dude, it's lost. We go to the police station. They're like, oh, is it a gray phone? Yes, they turned it in and they turned it off to save battery. Like it's the oh. most orderly. I'm like, this place is awesome. If it wasn't so expensive, I would live there. <laughs> um, so I always say, if people ask me Japan or Thailand, if you want to go to Asia, um, Iceland was really cool. It was expensive, but like the air was so fresh in Iceland and everything about it was just so different. I really like enjoyed Iceland. And I've I know heard, it's kind of like, I've heard Iceland kind of, can be, uh, I know somebody that traveled there um to Christchurch, I think it is. Okay. And they said it was amazing. Yeah, it, it was like it, like again, it was like a, another planet. Like we went on like the glacier hikes. And I'm like, how am I here? And you know, and the other one, it's it's gonna sound silly like, and it's not because of the right reasons, but like Egypt, because the country was it was difficult. I don't speak ill of any countries. It was a very difficult country with you know it's dangerous traffic. It was everything was scams, but like I rode a camel up to the pyramids. So for uh-huh. me, it's not the best. It might be my best travel experience, but yeah, it's, it wasn't the best country, but that one, like, dude, riding a camel and then sending <laughs> it to my family. It's like, how the hell am I in Egypt riding a camel? So it wasn't my favorite country, so I shouldn't have answered that, but it's probably one of my favorite experiences if, that, if that's different. Well, that's, really my, my, that's the country my wife wants to visit. If, mm-hmm. You know, she wants to go to Egypt, but she knows how dangerous it is, um, you know, especially over the last 15 years um it's kind of really but you know what i did nick here's what i did with that one i went to greece with my wife so julia and i went to greece and we didn't know athens then we did the santorini islands and then i knew egypt was dangerous so i'm like hey you know she went home and i went to egypt and what i did was i stayed there two days and i stayed in the meridian and believe me i'm the furthest thing from bougie it was like 65 or 70 dollars a night you're five minutes from the pyramids and the truth like i went from the meridian right to the pyramids full tour of the pyramids day and night because they have a whole light show next day i hired a driver went down to the museum so i only did cairo for two days again safety wise you know i go to a lot of places alone um but egypt if if i was you and your wife wants to go combine it with another country do two days there and you'll listen obviously you want to do everything but if you do two days in egypt you'll be beyond safe especially the meridian it was it was beautiful it was safe it was cheap you have views of the uh the pyramids gorgeous yeah, definitely. That's that's on our list of if we ever get any money to <laughs> to do that. So you kind of mentioned one of the your passions with it is the food. So what countries have had the best food and which countries have had the worst food? The the, the best food, it's always gonna change because I'll try every food. Uh like my wife's Filipina. So when I have Balut, it's like fertilized duck egg. If you Google it, B-A-L-U-T, it's probably the most vile thing you've ever seen. Yeah, It's literally eating like a, a, a duck embryo, um, a fetus. It's horrible, but I tried it. So I'll try the bugs in Thailand. The best food tasting-wise, Japan. Japan sushi. And I hate, it's again, it's going to sound bougie. When I came home, I didn't have sushi for like six months because the rice there and the fish, <laughs> it literally melted in your mouth. So the, the food in Japan was incredible. I'm also 75% Italian. So you have the Italian pizzas and the pastas. That was incredible. But, you know, every yeah. every country, if you really think about it, Nick, every country, but Argentina for me, because I'm a big meat guy 
and all you had was those Argentinian meats and the steaks and everything. So food-wise for me, Japan and Argentina and the worst food, it, it's going to sound not nice, but the worst food was in Kathmandu, Nepal. <laughs> uh, I went there with high expectations. I didn't like Kathmandu at all. And the food was just eh. And I didn't want to try the meat. It looks very sketch. I, so the food in Nepal for me wasn't great. So I, I didn't really love it. But most of the other Middle Eastern countries I go to, I either stay with someone or I meet people and they have like local food. Yeah. So again, it'll be Argentina, Japan for the best and the worst, probably Nepal. That's interesting. You know, I'm not surprised about Japan. Um, what part of Japan did you go to? Uh, Tokyo and Osaka. Oh, okay. I get, you know, Nick, I get bo- not bored. Like I want to, I don't like go to places. Now I'm a different type of traveler. I'd rather go away for 10 days and go to two countries for like four days each country, you know, a day in the middle for travel, whatever. Uh, some people are like, no, I need 10 days here to really experience it. So I'm more of like, I did Tokyo for four days, went to South Korea and came back and did Osaka for like three days. So that's kind of how I roll. People like, oh, you need to go to Ireland for two months to really experience it. I get it, but I'm kind of on a different, like, I get bored sometimes of places. So I, and especially if I'm out there, like, dude, I'm out here. I need to go everywhere. I need to go to another place. So that's kind of how I, I do it, really. I think that's an interesting way to do it. And I think some people think like that, too, because... I mean, I, I'm not a world traveler, you know, I, I may, maybe someday, but um, I've traveled the U.S., you know, a bit, and we stayed in Vegas for uh, six days, I think it was, and mm-hmm. it was like two days too much, many. Yep. You know, by the fourth day, I was like, I want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so I can and see they- that, you know, like. You know what else I do? A lot of time it becomes like, okay, what's next? Exactly. And you know the kind of traveler I am. Uh, Again, everyone travels differently. Like if I went to, let's use Amsterdam as an example. You and I go to Amsterdam. uh, We get there at six in the morning. At 7.30 in the morning, I'm like, hey, dude, let's go see the Anne Frank house. Let's go do the Heineken Brewery, the Van Gogh Museum, and the boat ride. And now I'm seeing everything. I do not rush. And meanwhile, then at three o'clock, I'm kind of done for the day. And then I get to relax. I'll sit in an outdoor cafe, have some drinks dinner go out at night so i'm kind of like sightseeing early often get everything done so like when i go to paris i'm i'm at the mono i'm at the louvre at 6 45 in the morning when it opens at eight i'm the first person there to see the mona lisa i see everything i want to do early and maybe that's why i only need to do three days in each in each city or each country that's kind of how i I love sightseeing you know i travel with people I, i just came back from um like uzbekistan and afghanistan my one friend came with me in Uzbekistan, I was up at 6.30, sightseeing everywhere. He got up at 11. Just completely two different travelers. So that's why I kind of, I get bored in three days, after three days, yeah. no matter where I am. No, that makes sense. Um, so do you have a bucket list of countries that you haven't visited, but you want to in your lifetime? I know you want to hit them all, but what are like, what are like your dream ones? I love that question. So yes, I, I am going to finish every one. So I have to finish all 193. So it's not even up for debate. So it's not like, do you want to go to uh, Ireland? Yeah, I need to go. No, I need to go to these places. I don't want to go to Iraq. Right. I don't want to. I didn't want to go to Saudi Arabia, but I needed to because it's like a, a goal I have. And um, the, the silly, this I'm going to say silly um, bucket list is North Korea one. It really is just because I obviously I need to, but just I want to experience it. And Turkmenistan, um, hmm. just because they had the famous gate of hell. They said it's very similar to North Korea. So those are my two difficult uh, bucket right. list places. Like, okay, bro, we get it. But the three real ones <laughs> that I'm dying to go to, because like I said, ever, a Machu Picchu in Peru, which I'm going this year for Labor Day. So I'm super stoked uh, with you, with my wife. Nice. And uh, Jor- yeah, Jordan was number two to see Petra. We're going there 4th of July weekend. With So those two are the two big bucket ones for me. And then uh, I want to go out to like uh, – I think it's Nauru, N-A-R-U-A, I believe. I'm a bad speller. It's the least visited country in the world. They've only had, uh, it's only like 800 um, tourists a year. It's one of the smallest countries. It's like three miles completely. It's in the middle of the the Pacific Ocean. It's like, they get like 800 um, people a year. They go there. So I want to go there. I think it's Nauru um, because no one goes there. And that's like, when you go there, it's like, okay, you're a crazy dude who's trying to go to that <laughs> country. So, so, my three are Machu Picchu, Jordan, 
and Nauru. Those are my three uh, completely, like, I need to go to these places. Nice. Um, you know, I was just thinking the other, you know, like the famous world traveler or now is Josh Gates. I don't know if you ever watch his stuff. Of course, yeah. Um, I, you know, he said how many countries he's been to. And it's, um, I don't know the exact amount. He was getting close to being to, I don't think he's gone to North Korea. Um, he's got a few that he hasn't, but it's kind of, it definitely takes a personality. You know, I read his book. Uh, did you ever read his book? No, is it a good book? It is. Okay. I, I put it on your list. I know you're a big reader. I'll jump on it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but just one spoiler story from it. He was actually, he moved to Hollywood, or not Hollywood, L.A., and he was, uh, you know, really overweight, you know, and um, just kind of a house, you know, just a, not a traveler at all. Mm-hmm. And um, he, one day, he just wasn't happy with how his life was going, and he decided he wanted to climb uh, uh, Everest. Oh, my God. Okay. So... He trained for it for like four months. He lost, I don't know the exact amount, but I want to say like a hundred pounds or something. Oof. And um, he he actually, he, he climbed Everest and he was part of like a two man or, or there was the way they did it. There was two groups and his group made it and the other group died. Oh my God. Yeah. So it was a real life, you know, he didn't know anybody in the other group. They kind of just left the bottom at the same time. I don't know how it exactly worked, but he said there was two groups and uh, his group went one way and the other group went the other way and the other group died because of bad storms. So, uh, you know, that's why that's, that's that ever stuff is crazy. though. it's so expensive. Um, I, I, I made sure I don't have any goals like that. For me, that's just too expensive. I'm pretty cheap. And, uh, yeah, there's too many casualties. I read about like I read about that. What was that? Whatever the book was, I forgot the name of the book. When they were on the mountain, and people died. Like I, I, in the, into the wind, whatever. I'll get the name for you. Yeah, um, and that that was what it was about. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I never want to do Everest. I'm not for me. That's not enjoyable hiking in the freezing right. cold. That sounds like hell. No, definitely not. But that <laughs> just kind of sparked his interest in travel, and um, so I recommend his book. But um. Speaking of, you know, just traveling to so many countries and you like kind of all the, I don't, what do you call it? Like the in-between stuff. Um, what are some tips you would give American travelers, you know, like some do's and don'ts when they're going around the world? One of the biggest ones is it's not expensive if you kind of know what you're doing. And not that I know. There's sites like secretflying.com. Or you go to Google Flights, like you mentioned Egypt, you and your wife. You go to Google Flights, you typed in, you know, New York to Cairo. And you could be like, oh my God, it's cheapest if we fly out there April 7th. It tells you like the cheapest flight. So travel can be very cheap. Uh, the, the advice I give is just, just do it. Everyone I work with is like, oh, in four years I can retire. I'm going to travel the world. I'm like, no, you're not. Because dude, you don't do it now. Like there's always time. And people always say to me like, bro, how, how you travel so much? One, I don't have a lot of money, but I do it very smartly. I look for the cheapest flight. Like there's a flight. I'm flying out in two weeks. I'm going to go to Brazil and Panama. I'm only going for five days. But uh, there's a super sale. It was like $350 round trip. So I get to do those two countries. It's like a two-day layover in Panama. I look at those weird trips to knockout countries. Right. Um, just do it. And like a lot of times, like we mentioned Iceland. And people are like, dude, yo, how can you go? I don't have no vacation time. Iceland flights, and I'm just using Iceland as an example, you leave Thursday night at 8 p.m. You get there Friday morning. You do Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Iceland. You come back Monday morning. Dude, you're taking one day off from work, maybe two. So the piece piece of advice is just do it. Like Find a cheap flight. Fly to Paris and then for 200 bucks and take the train to a few places. So the number one piece of advice is just do it. Number two, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Like some of these trips when people are like, Oh, I want to go to Japan, but the flight, but it's like, dude, it, it's for me, it's worth it. Like you have to be uncomfortable. You have to be comfortable being uncomfortable in travel. You have to know that the airline's going to suck. You have, it's going to be shitty airline food. The, the flight might be a little tight. 
Um, but dude, that's, it's worth it for me. For me, it is. Um, right. The other thing is, the, the, the other thing with the uh, pieces of advice is be respectful of where you're going. Forget about Afghanistan, which is you have to be overly respectful. But know right. that in Thailand, you got to take your shoes off before going in there. Be, don't be the arrogant American. I, I always hate, like I'll, I'll rock a Yankee hat when I go away. And uh, I know I get sometimes looks like, oh, look, look at this dude in Munich with the backwards Yankee hat. Don't be, obnoxious, don't be the obnoxious Yankee, uh, New York fan. Don't be the obnoxious American. So the pieces of advice are just go do it. It's not expensive. And I'm not telling you go travel the world. But dude, pick a country. Because, you know, everybody's like, oh, I've been to all these states, which are gorgeous. I've, had, I've only been to like 31 states. I've been to 79 countries just because, one, I find it cheaper actually flying out of the country. It's sometimes <laughs> around. Yeah, I do. So number one would be just go do it. Number two, be comfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be layovers. It's going to be layovers and delays. They might lose your luggage. But that's part of the journey. That's, that's a good story to tell. The other one is just be respectful of where you are. And the last one is do research. Everyone I speak to is like, I don't know how to travel. I'm like, well, I didn't know how to travel, but what I'll do is if Nick, you and I right now decide to go, Hey, let's go to Munich. I'll Google 30 different websites. Must do in Munich to do Munich, Munich itineraries, then write it down. Like do some research, act like it's homework. You're, you're, you're spending money. Nick, these are the five best things to do in Munich and do, just do it, man. That's the last few five. just traveling is for me. It's so much fun. Download three movies You'll fly anywhere you want. Download the whole Soprano series. You'll be, <laughs> by the time you finish the first season, Tony's doing whatever. You land wherever you are. And it's fun, man. You meet so many people and the connections you make and everything. So, yeah, just go do it. Has it been any more – has it been uh, more difficult during COVID? Yeah. So, COVID, I really um, – I was actually in Pakistan when COVID really hit. Oh, which sucked because I was supposed to be there for 10 days and I was only there for four days. And my wife called me up. She's like, listen, COVID it hit bad. Trump is most likely going to shut down the airport from, me- from the Middle Eastern countries. You got to get home. So I flew to right. Turkey, came home. And obviously I was grounded then for a year. And I get antsy. Like I'm a- I write down everything. Like if you saw my little notepad, it is like you flip to this page. I'm going to go to Finland and Estonia and this one, that page is South. So I just kept writing down travel stuff. I went to Turkey one time because I actually got my the hair replacement. I was uh, going very, very thin on top. So I flew to Turkey to get the hair replacement. Now I have a thick mop of head on my hair. Um, and that was, yeah, that, I went to DR once. I went to Disney once. I went to Turkey once. And that was it until last week. So my first trip was Afghanistan, Uzbekistan. But now I got it rolling. Now I'm going to try to go one place each month. Brazil, Panama next month. The month after is Jordan and Malta. And then from there, hopefully one or two a month nice did now i mean you don't have to answer this and you can just say pass no never did you uh get vaccinated oh yeah yeah i i did personally i did uh with my job number one i was and i, I don't know what people do what people's thoughts are i was very fortunate that i was able to get vaccinated right away right um and also i knew this might come off wrong i knew that if i wanted to go to yankee games and nick games if i wanted to travel having that little vaccination card is going to make it a lot easier yeah um, I know a lot of people uh, who are very against it and conspiracy. Oh, yo, because of this. Listen, whatever, man. I, I trust <laughs> Pfizer. For me, me, me personally, this is not me preaching political. I trust Pfizer. It's kind of a pretty big company. I trust that they know <laughs> what they're doing. I don't think they're really trying to follow me and track me. But, dude, come on. I have an <laughs> iPhone. They're tracking me anyway. Um, I know. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I had, Nick, I had to get vaccinated because I wanted – like yesterday it came out that Europe is opening up to vaccinated travelers. So – for me being yeah, a traveler and for being a sports fan, I had to get it done. So I had it done within, I think I was like the first group of like five days to get it done. So yeah, I had oh, to. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly, it's not even a political issue. They've made it. People have made it. That. It's so stupid. <laughs> um, yeah. I got vaccinated because of my job too. Um, and it's, and I had COVID. So. Oh, sorry um, to hear that. Uh, it was terrible. But um so now totally vaccinated my whole family is so it's you know it's a good thing but um getting back to the traveling um so you kind of answered this partly but what's your uh upcoming trips look like like what's your next you know three or four yeah so a a lot of times Nick. a lot of times i travel wherever the sale is but uh the sale was fortunately panama brazil so 
the middle of June. I'm going to fly. I'm having like a two day layover in Panama. I'm going to do Rio for two and a half days and come home. And I love when people are like, bro, you're not even experiencing the country. The way I feel, hey, it's a Monday and Tuesday. I'll be at the Copacabana Beach in Rio. I kind of think that's a pretty cool series, Monday and Tuesday. So I'm doing yeah. that, that in June. Uh, July, the wife and I are going to Petra. We're going to go see in Jordan. And then we're going to fly to, I believe, Malta. We're actually booking it tonight. Or Morocco, wherever she chooses. She picks up the vacations that we roll on. And then um, August, nothing is planned. And the truth, Nick, here's a, a perfect example. I was on secret flying this morning and El Salvador. It's like a four and a half hour flight. The, the round trip was like $138 round trip. I'm like, hey, let's go there for the weekend. So most likely August will be El Salvador. And then um, I'm hoping my mother-in-law and my wife were going to go to Machu Picchu in September, right after Labor Day. So that's my plan. Obviously, every plan can change if a new right. sale comes up or something. But right now, that's my travel for the rest of the year. Have you ever been to, because uh, I just thought of this, and I've heard it's a beautiful country, that Azerbaijan? No, it, it, I, I've heard of just beautiful beautiful things but no i have not been there the, you know the most beautiful country i've been to might have been bhutan i was in bhutan i did the hike to the tiger's nest that might because that's the cleanest country they just opened up for tourism so for me that might have been the cleanest like there's no smoking there and stuff so but i heard that country is just gorgeous yeah it's, i you know i probably should sit down someday and make like a a list of you know my wife wants to travel too so Maybe it's something we can start getting into more. And, and, you know, Nick, the easiest way to do it for someone like you is tell your wife legit to pick 10 places, okay? And then find, go right to Google Flights and notice that the cheapest day to go might be November 8th to Amsterdam for five days for, you might get a flight like $3.99 round trip. That's an awesome five days. And what I love to do and what I always recommend to some people, especially guys like, you know, me and you who don't have all this unlimited vacation, is just say you're going to Amsterdam and they they have an offer for like a six hour layover in France. Take the 24 hour layover in France. Have a day in France. You know, like right. some of those countries are like, I quote unquote count a country differently than other people. People count airports and stuff or layovers. I don't. But if you can do it, if you can do like a day in another country for free, that's what I'm doing with Panama, Brazil. Like you get a free country in there. So and then yeah. you get to experience that for a day. That's that's really cool. So yeah, but make a list, man. And do it with your wife. Now, what do you do on that layer? Do you uh, and you have a day? Do you, where do you spend the night? Do you book a hotel in that country? Well, well, here's a, like a little travel secret. If you book a hotel, if you book a flight, like just say right now, uh, you and I want to go to Singapore. I purposely look for a flight that has the longest layover. If it's over eighteen hours. They like if I fly Qatar Airways and it's over 18 hours, they have to supply you a hotel if there's no other um, options. Like if there's a two hour layover, it's like, dude, you pick the longer one. But there's right. times I find a day like, oh, look, I'm going to Qatar because they only have a one day layover. They have to give you a hotel. But for example, Nick, I'm going to Brazil. I'm leaving like one o'clock in the morning. I'm landing in Panama at five in the morning. I have a 36 hour layover. So yeah, I'll get a hotel for the day. I land at six in the morning, throw my stuff in the, in the hotel, go see the Panama Canal, go see whatever's going to be on the top 10 lists I see, go out to a nice dinner, have a few drinks, sleep, wake up, go to the airport and on to Brazil. So yeah, usually I'll get a hotel. Um, and I just find that nice hotels or a lot of Airbnbs. I'm a big Airbnb guy too. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think a lot of people probably think of traveling is like you said, like, Oh, when I retire, uh, you know, can I afford it? And I know, I know I've been guilty of that too, but you know, it is kind of one of those things where if you're willing to, you know, find the cheapest flight and, mm -hmm. you know, do all the stuff necessary, it's probably, you know, it's a good experience. Just, um, you know, once COVID's <laughs> yeah, no, you're yeah. right. You're right with that. But, but, but Nick, let, let me give you one more quick example with the, with the flights. Normally, traditionally, I know I always grew up. Okay. You fly out Saturday morning because you're done with the work week and you come back Saturday afternoon, you give yourself Sunday to rest. Like, and that's how I was brought up. That's like how you do it. You do everything Saturday, Saturday, you know, you look at a flight and that might be the best flight might leave at 
2.30 in the morning on a Wednesday, and right. you might get back Wednesday at 11 a.m. I'm sorry, you might come back Monday at 11 a.m. And I can't tell you how many countless times I landed in JFK at 11 a.m. with my suitcase, came to work for three o'clock start. I, for me, it was what I wanted to do. People are like, oh, I need to sleep off the jet lag. I just want to be able to go places. So the reason I get to go places is I really, I do stupid. Like I'll, I'll work Saturday till 11 o'clock at night, bring my suitcase with me, shower at work and be at the airport and fly out two o'clock in the morning. When yeah. I land, I come right back to work because I want to spend my weekend in Rio. So I, I make those stupid sacrifices, but yeah, you make your wife make a list, Nick, you'd be a superstar. You take it one of these places. It's not expensive. Trust me. Yeah. And like you said, it's a dedication thing or uh, make the sacrifice to, to see the places. So exactly. Um, Mike, it's, it's been a great podcast again. Um, I really appreciate you, you know, coming on and uh, talking with me again. First of all, one, you're doing a, a sick job. I really mean that you're doing a great job. And to know that you're only 10 episodes in, either you're a natural or you listen to a lot of great talk show hosts because you do a great job with your questions. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more episodes. I'm humbled that you had me on. Thank you for listening to my stupid travel stories. And <laughs> let, 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 let's definitely do it again. And uh, we'll catch up on uh, everything I got wrong with my predictions. <laughs> yeah, I, we'll figure out what the next episode will be. But definitely, we'll definitely have some sports talk in there because that's always fun. I didn't want this to be a sports podcast, but I want it to be, you know, stuff I'm interested in. So I'm definitely a sports person. So every once in a while, we're definitely going to hit sports. I love coming on. Thank you. And let's uh, let's do it live one time, man, over some drinks, man. That's what I'd love to do. Definitely, Mike. All right, man. Yo, keep up the good work, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you, pal.